to the Faith Church Estevan podcast, the podcast where we post our previous sermons from previous weeks. And our prayer is that it would grow your relationship with Jesus. Listen wherever you are and enjoy this next episode. Good morning. Oh, we're awake. Good, good deal. Good deal. Welcome everybody who's here and everybody who's online. Um, I have something to say. If I say this word, I want to know what evokes out of you. What e- gets evoked out of you when I say the word unity? Yeah, but here's the thing. Does it evoke a positive response or a negative one? Both. Let's be honest this morning. Because there could be like a, yeah, there's unity. Like, think about, do you have unity not only in your family, but in your church family? Do you have unity? Mm. Or does it evoke maybe a, (laughs) yeah, right. Yeah, right, maybe is one response. Or maybe it's I wish. Or I long for. How do we get there? Michelle? See, when there's less people, I get to just pick on people. Maybe, yeah, right. Maybe I wish, or how does one get there? Unity is something we do want to attain. Correct? Right? But it doesn't always happen, but it's something we do wish that would magically happen. It's the one time we want magic in our life. I mean, we do like magicians, but we would like it to just magically happen to where we're finally united, where we finally have this unity that's undescribable. Something that's longed for. But we need to be honest today. Today is Honesty Sunday. It might get a little hairy. Get over it. But it's time to be honest. Because if we're ever going to get anywhere, we need to be honest. Nick needs to be honest. You need to be honest. You need to be honest. We all need to be honest. It's Honesty Sunday. Here's the honest honesty. We don't always seem to get to unity. We don't always get there. We don't always make it work. It becomes messy. Correct? Be correct. But today is the day for honesty. Being real with one another. It's time to be real with one another because I'm tired of pretending. It's time to quit pretending. People pretended for far too long. It's time to stop pretending and be fully honest with one another. I'm not here to be a downer. You might go, oh good, this is going to be one of those days where he just beats the piss out of me for 25 minutes or 30 it's not. It's, it's good news. I'm not a downer. It's just good news. But we have to get there. And it starts with honesty. We have to be honest with each other. We have to be honest with ourselves. If we're ever going to get to this place of supernatural, countercultural unity that does actually exist that we never get to experience. So we have to be honest. It does truly exist. And so here's the honest truth this morning. You probably know it. Unity is hard. Right? Unity is hard, and we haven't gotten there. Unity's hard. We haven't gotten there. Correct? Correct. See, look at how honest you guys are. Man, I was so nervous nobody would be honest. Look at us go. But that's the honest truth. If you like it or you don't like it, that's the honest truth, and we need to get there if we want to get from here to here where God wants us to be. We have to be honest. Right, Mark? That's right. Man, I'm happy you're back. Grant, I'm happy you're back too. 
We need to get there. That's the honest truth. And here's why. Here's why it's so hard for unity. Here's why we don't actually attain it and why we strive for it and we wish it would actually exist. We do it backwards. I do it backwards. You do it backwards. We do unity backwards. We do unity backwards. We are trying to attain it in a complete wrong way because here's how we do it. We strive and we start with each other. We start with each other. We think, okay, if the church needs to be unified, the Christ's body, then we need to start with us. Or if any other part of your life, you start with you. That's backwards. It's wrong. It's not correct. It's not the way to go. We do it backwards. Instead of starting with the most important part, and I'm, it's going to get deep today, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If we don't start with those three distinct persons in one essence that we call God, we'll never be unified. Because we do it backwards. We start with you and me rather than with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We mess it up. And so we have a text today from Paul writing to the Philippians, writing to you, saying that our attempts at unity is in the wrong order. So let me help you by putting it in the correct order. Philippians 2, 1 to 4. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing fellowship in the Spirit, capital S, if any, like, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, one, unity, united. Having the same love, being in one spirit, being of one mind, and doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility and value other people above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you looking to the interests of others. He sets the stage because we will never be united as a people, as a church, if we don't start with the Godhead, if we don't start with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When we start with us, it never happens. Trust me, it will never work. Look at verse 1. If any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, fellowship, if any like-mindedness, oneness, unity, having that same love. If, 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 then. Where does he start? With God. He sets it all up with the starting point. The point of it all is there is no unity in and with God. Then there will be no unity with anyone else around you. That's fact. If you don't believe me, just live your life in the world. There's no unity anywhere. Most families hate each other or they fight and we don't have unity. But there can be unity if we would just start with God. Everything hinges off the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God the Father, the creator of all things. What did he do? Created you. 
Not only did he create the world, not only did he create all these little intricate things that we go, wow, that's so beautiful, the sunset. Not only did he create flowers, he created you, and he created you different than everything else. He created you different. Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us. He made the earth, the land, the light, the darkness. He made everything in creation. It said, God said, God did. And then it gets to humans, and it says, let us, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Verse 27, God created then mankind in his own image. In the image of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So in unity with the Holy Spirit, in unity with Jesus Christ, God the Father created you. He molded you. He made you. He shaped you in his image. But God did not just stop there. God the Father didn't just stop there because we went and all screwed it up because sin came into the world, and we continue to do that. We continue to contribute to that. But so what did God the Father do? He made promises, tenderness, compassion. He could have kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden and said, Good luck. But what did he do? He provided clothing and he gave them things to get through life. But then yet he made more promises. He made promises that there would be one to come who would take care of the problem. But he made promises to mankind when they screwed everything up. He makes promises to you when you screw up time and time again because we all do and it's Honesty Sunday. But then he ultimately displayed his love, compassion, mercy, grace, everything under the sun he displayed it by sending what? God the Son. God the Son. Mm. Jesus, God the Son, in the flesh, came in the flesh, displayed the deep compassion, tenderness, and love that we long for. In the mess and chaos of sin-filled life, he came to be Savior, he came to be Lord, he came to be King. He came to restore you, to redeem you, to unite you. And so he doesn't just unite us with him in his death. He also unites us with him in his resurrection, in his life. Jesus, God the Son, is the link to the promised inheritance that God the Father has given. Isn't that cool? Jesus is the link because what? He loved you. Not you loved him. He loved you. God wanted to unite with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that he sent his son, left the throne of eternity to become us morons and live a life perfectly that we cannot to die, but then raise again so that we could have what we could not attain. Unity in the spirit of God. So he's the linking promise of the holy kingdom, all its glory, and he, he gives to us a pain-free, perfect eternity. Grasp it. He's given you a pain-free, perfect eternity where there's no more tears. Read Revelation. There's no more tears, no more pain, no more nothing, just perfect glory in everything. We've never experienced it, so I'm really excited to experience it someday. So God the Father created you 
He provided for you through tenderness and compassion. If, like Paul says, if any tenderness and compassion, he gave it to you. He came, sent God the Son through his great love and sacrifice, gave you all that he had, everything. And then what does he send? The almighty trifecta, the trifecta, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. This is where unity breaks down. This is why we're not united with God sometimes. This is where unity breaks down, where we have issue, because I don't think we fully understand the Holy Spirit. I don't. Sometimes I don't even understand it myself. I don't think we've gotten there to where we actually understand the Holy Spirit. That's why it breaks down at this point, why it is so easy, because it's Honesty Sunday. It's so easy to leave God in the parking lot when we leave. I'm being honest. I do it myself. So I know you do it. If I do it, you do it. We leave God in the parking lot when we leave on Sunday because why? We don't fully get it. We don't. God, the Holy Spirit, exists, and we need to live that way. It's honesty day today. I get it. I do it. You do it. Week after week, we leave the good news of God, the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the parking lot. We do and if you don't believe me, look at the Barnapoles in the U.S. Nobody knows who the Holy Spirit is. 60% of churchgoers in the United States of America, all denominations, 60%, that's more than half, do not know who the Holy Spirit is. We don't think he's a person. We don't think he's part of the Godhead. We think it's some spiritual yummy thing that floats around and just goes, but that's not true. He's more than just comforter. We get told time and time again, the Spirit is the comforter. The Spirit is who lives in you, who, who guides you through life. He does more than that. Today is the day we, we grasp it and we cling to it. We stop there usually, but there's so much more, and it's so much meaning, because what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third piece of the Godhead, the fire starter to all things, the fire starter to unity with God the Son. God, the, whole, the, the Father. He's the fire starter to unity with not only God the Father, God the Son, and himself, but with all of us misfits. The Holy Spirit is important. And here is why. He is the presence of God in your life. He is the presence of God right now. The power of God right now. He's currently filling this space, if you didn't know that. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. He lives in this space right now. God is here. The seraphim are flying around like crazy. The, the angels you can't see are sitting in every empty chair. This place is packed with God the Father, God the Son. He's sitting on his throne staring at you right now. And God the Spirit who's in you. Isn't that cool? Shouldn't we be excited? Am I the only one excited about that? Let's be excited because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is here. But we've not fully grasped this because too many times we leave him on the parking lot when we go home. We chew out our kids for bugging us when we're trying to rest on Sunday afternoon. Too many times we just bicker at our spouse because they tick us off every two seconds. Too many times we just get mad at the world because everything's a mess. Because we don't understand fully that God literally 
physically lives here. The Holy Spirit. Back in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, that was the tent that they made during their wandering in the wilderness. There was a spot called the Holy of Holies, and only one priest could enter once a year. And he entered once a year to atone the sins of the world or the sins of the Israelites, and only he could enter. But that's where God dwelt. Fast forward, they made a temple. There was a holy of holies separated by a curtain. Only one priest could go in, the only perfect one, you know, who cleansed himself enough to go in and atone for sin. But then guess what happened? Jesus showed up, God the Son. And he died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, that temple curtain from top to bottom was torn in two. And guess what happened? That holy of holies left that space. And where did it go? To you, to me. It's here, right here, the holy of holies. God's presence and dwelling in his people is right here in your life. Feel it. Know it. Exist. It exists. Quit quenching it. The holy of holies, the most sacred space of God, is in you now. It's not in this building. It's not in the building over there or the building over there or the one that's still shut over there. It is in you. It's not a building. It's you. You are the temple of God. You are the temple of God. You are a pillar in his kingdom, full of his presence, full of his power. God has made you his pillar. I tell you the scripture, but I want you to find it for yourself. He has made you his pillar. Think about that. You're a pillar of God. Nobody can kick you in the mouth because you are full of, you are the holy of holies. You are God. God is in you. You are literally not shakable. Nobody can kick your teeth in, but you sure as heck can kick Satan's teeth in. Why? Because unity begins in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All three. It permeates through us, through this relationship, this unity between all three. The Holy of Holies is in you, and it permeates to other people. That's where unity begins. That's where unity begins. But it's hard. We don't do it right. It's hard to grasp. It's hard to do because we do do it backwards. Why do we do it backwards? We're selfish. We're selfish. But we can only move from selfish to selfless when we know that the unity starts with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in our life. That's what leads to unity because our sinfulness, our selfishness always gets in the way. Because Nick only cares about what Nick cares about. You only care what you care about. It's honesty. Our sin gets in the way. Ask my children. I don't really care all about their stuff. I care about what I want. Ask my wife. I need daily help every day from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We are selfish. We look to our own interests first all the time. That's not gospel living. That's not gospel unity. It is backwards. But that's not where it stops. That's the best part of today. The good news comes when we realize we're selfish and we're, we're dumb. That's where the good news comes in, where Paul speaks and unpacks unity from God through the best and greatest example we could ever have. What's his name? What's his name? Jesus. Jesus. 
5 through 11, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of who? Christ Jesus. Who, not, being in very nature God, God himself, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing. He emptied himself by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death and death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow every in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. God the Son. Yet, what did he do? He emptied himself. He made himself nothing. Nothing. He became a servant. He humbled himself. God the Son, who already had everything, humbled himself, emptied himself, became nothing. For what? You. You. Emptied himself obedient to death on a cross. Why? So there could be a supernatural unity that does not exist outside of him and give to you a life that is united with others and united with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. A supernatural countercultural unity. So my thing today is what if? What if we for once did not consider ourselves more than we're not? What if we didn't find equality something to be grasped? What if we didn't take our status as an advantage? Nick, I'm talking to you. What if we made ourselves nothing and we completely emptied ourselves and became servants? What if we became obedient to death for someone else? What if we were humble? What would happen if we put a people other than us as more valuable? What if I put you all more valuable than myself? Think about that. What if we not only looked after our own interests? The, the Greek actually says, don't not only look after your interests. It's not saying you can't look after your interests. It's saying, don't just look at yourself and your interests, but look at others. It's more important. What if we did that? If you think about that a moment, if I poured all my life into your interests, and this is some confession time, okay? If I poured my life into your interests, and you poured your life into my interests and the interests of others, guess what? Everyone's interests are actually being looked at and heard. And what happens from there? We actually get a beginning of what? Unity! Isn't that cool? Too bad we don't do it perfectly. But we can. It's a step into a beautiful supernatural eternity. Like I never thought it, never dawned on me if I would just pour my life into my wife's interests and she poured into mine. Both interests are met. Both of us are happy, have joy, have this unity that I didn't know existed. Man, what if? We emptied ourselves for another. Because look what happened with Jesus. He gave himself for others, all of himself. He emptied 
emptied himself for others. Guess what happened? God the Father did what? Exalted him exalted him and gave him a name above every other name that every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow and confess on earth, in heaven, under the earth, everything, all creation, even that chair. It's not alive, just so you know. That chair. Everything would confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. How crazy would it be to be united in that way? Isn't that crazy? How awesome to be united in that way where, where we are united to God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, united to each other in a supernatural way. Because guess what? We are freed today through Jesus Christ. We are freed to look out for each other in unity because we know God is taking care of us. Jesus demonstrated this when he emptied himself to serve us, knowing that God the Father was serving him and would restore him, exalt him to his rightful, glorious place of honor. So you can empty yourself today knowing that God is taking care of you, that you are united with him in all of his splendor, and he will exalt you. You're taken care of. And then even though you fail, this is the key, even though you fail and I fail, we do fail. It's honesty Sunday. We fail. We remember Jesus emptied himself for me even when I cannot empty myself for someone else. And when I realize that, I am united with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit to know that I can try again because God has always emptied himself for me when I cannot. We can live in gospel unity because guess what? God's grace pours out to you. When he empties himself, when you cannot, that's grace. Upon grace, upon grace. You, right now, you are his redeemed child and you can live in gospel unity, but it'll always start with God the Father, God the Son, and most definitely, the one we don't always understand, God the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the living God. He has exalted you through Jesus, and he gave to you the name that's his. He gave to you the name of Jesus. Your identity is Jesus. It's no longer Nick. It's no longer Arnie. When I look at Arnie, I see, what should I see? What should I see? I shouldn't say I see. I should see Jesus, the name above all names. So what happens at the end of the age when every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father? through the work of the Spirit. Don't leave here this morning and leave it in the parking lot. You have an unbreakable bond with God the Father. You are his pillar in his kingdom. He has given to you his inheritance. Do not leave it in the parking lot. Don't leave it there. Because the holy name of Jesus is on you. Be honest. Don't pretend and put your hope in that spiritual, supernatural unity that exists in the Godhead. Live in his grace, live in his presence and power, and therefore, if you have any encouragement in Christ, being united with Christ, any tenderness and compassion, any comfort in his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, 
having that same love, being in one mind of spirit, do nothing out of selfish ambition or, dis- or conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, because gospel unity is supernatural, and it starts with the Godhead. The power and presence of him is in you. You are the holy of holies. So let it flow from you today because you are filled with grace, you are filled with power, you are filled with majesty, you are filled with Jesus Christ, and you are exalted in him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Hey, thanks for listening today. May you know you are loved, you belong, and have a great week. God bless.